Last Sunday, we started a new series entitled, Give It Away. And as we started the series, we looked at our mandate, our motive, and our model. And our mandate is to go, because we can't wait for the world to come to us. Our motive is as a sincere heart, the seriousness of hell, and the shortness of time. And our model is Jesus Christ. So as we continue in our series today, I want us to consider why we are to give it away. Referring to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Every day in America, companies run promotional campaigns, well, to give things away. In fact, I receive almost every other week some of these promotional materials. And uh, the promotional material that I receive the most of is pens. I mean, they go through the work of putting our name, our website, I mean, everything about them, hoping that some way we're going to buy some more, right? So every other week, I get a package in the mail, and uh, there's always pens, and I'm always like, wow, what's in the package? Another pen. And uh, <clears throat> I mean, there's, well, there's pens with styluses on them. There's pens that, as you take the cap off, they light up. I mean, it has a little harvest light. I mean, I mean these are pretty cool, but who's going to pay $12 for a pen that's not a nice pen? I mean, I mean not me. Uh, as you all know, that there, there's pens that are right thick, and there's pens that write really fine, and but y'all that know me know I hate cheap pens. I'm, I'm, I'm a guy, I like gold pen. Nice. $12 pen. I hate cheap pens. But you know, they think their pens are better, more economic, more enjoyable for you, the consumer. They believe they, they have a good product that you will benefit from, and so they'll continue to send more pens. I have no doubt that as I go to the mailbox this week, I'm going to find a couple more new pens. They come constantly. But in the result of, or their, their, their result that they believe is going to take place is that you're going to see their pen and want more of them. So they're willing to give it away. And I would submit to you today that we have something far more valuable to give away. And as we're talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ, we really do need to give it away more now than ever before. So as we get into this message this morning, let's first just take a moment to pray and ask God's blessing upon it, and then we'll look at some scriptures here that will hopefully help us build a case as to why we need to give it away. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come before you for these few moments, we ask God that you would speak to our hearts. We ask God that you would just challenge us. Uh, Lord, it's so easy to get in a rut, to get into the routine of our own daily business, and then Lord, to not even consider sharing with others something that may change their life for all eternity. I ask God that you'd wake us up from that. I ask God that you'd help us to be more bold, more courageous, in, uh, Lord, taking the opportunities that you allow us to have to share our faith. I ask God that you speak to our hearts, beginning with the mind this morning. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. I want to get started this morning by asking this question. Why should we give it away? Uh, before we get into this to the value of what we're giving away, let's consider the why. And it's, it's uh, considerations here. Romans chapter 3, verse 10, it says, For there is no one righteous, no, not one. When we think about that, we have the idea that, well, we've heard this scripture so many times in our life, but that's just one of the verses in the Bible that kind of gives the case and the point that none of us are perfect. So we move on. Romans chapter 3, verse 23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And that means that there is a standard that not one of us could in and of ourselves attain to. We all fall short. 
In Ecclesiastes chapter 7 and verse 20 says, There is certainly no one righteous on the earth who does good and never sins. I mean, there is very clear evidence that every one of us in this room, we were born in sin, if you will. The bottom line is there is not one of us who can go daily without the idea that we are sinless. We make mistakes, we do what's wrong, and I think this next text of Scripture really hones in on that. In Isaiah chapter 64, verse 6, it says, All of us have become like something unclean, and all our righteous acts are like a polluted garment. All of us wither like a leaf, and our iniquities carry us away like the wind. He says, in other words, everything righteous that we could do, everything good that we think would come from us, is nothing more than a filthy rag. It is polluted, it says. And when we look at that, we know a lot of people believe that they are good people, quote-unquote. I'm a pretty good person. I mean, after all, I follow somewhat speaking the Ten Commandments. It may be that I don't, haven't killed anybody. I haven't stolen from somebody. I may be morally righteous. I may be a good person, practically speaking. I mean, I, mean, I, don't, I, don't, I don't purposely hurt people. And I may have a high standard of ethics. I may be a kind person. And all that may be true, but it does not take away the fact that we are all born sinners. And there's nothing you can do in your birth to change that. There are some people who are born into certain family structures, and they can't control that. Some people are born into wealthy homes. Some people are born into impoverished homes. Some people are born in other parts of the world where they, can, they nobody is born in a way that they can control their birth. And none of us, no matter where you're born, can, can control the fact that you're born as a sinner. So he says all of our righteousness, all of our righteous acts, anything good that we can do in and of ourselves is really nothing. And then he goes on and tells us in Romans chapter 5, verse 12, Therefore, just as sin entered into the world through one man and death through sin, in this way, desperate all people because all have sinned. When we get that comprehension going through our mind, there is absolutely nothing we can do to change that fact. So why does this matter? What difference does it make that no one is good enough to gain entrance into heaven? I mean, why does it really matter that I cannot reach the Father on my own merit? Why does it matter that anything good in us is as a filthy rag? So I'm not perfect, you say. So what's the big deal? Here's the big deal. We are born in sinners with a complete inability to save ourselves. We cannot save ourselves. And there's nothing you can do about that. So here's the big deal. In Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, it says, For you are saved by grace through faith, and that not of yourself, it is God's gift, not of works, so that no one can boast. If there is any one thing that you could do to change that, well then God did not have to send a son to die on the cross of, Jesus, uh, cross of Calvary, right? I mean, if there's something that I can do to change that, I mean, if I could be good enough, if I could be kind enough, if I could help enough people, I mean, if there was any one way that I could do something to change that, well, then Jesus Christ wouldn't have had to die on a cross. We're starting to build a foundation here. I want you to get this. You were born with a complete inability to save yourself. In Titus chapter 3, verse 5, he says, He saved us not by works of righteousness that we have done, but according to His mercy, through the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. So, God's Word tells us if, and that's a big word, if any man is in Christ, he's what? A new creation. 
So the question is, if I understand who I am before God, a holy God, and who I'm not, and I understand that there's nothing I can do to save myself, it's only by what He has done, then everything should be changed in my life as a child of Christ. Everything should change. It says, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. So is it starting to make sense why what we have is so valuable? We have a complete inability to do anything whatsoever about our condition. We're born in sin, unable to save ourselves, and destined for eternal separation from God. But consider these next words. But Jesus. But Jesus. Jesus changes everything. We have to get that. We are born with an eternal separation from God. In John chapter 11, verses 25 and 26, if you would take your Bible and turn there just for a moment. John chapter 11, verses 25 and 26. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. He says, do you believe this? I mean, think about this. If you were to hear this for the first time, if you believe in me, you'll never die. But the reality is we all die. It says in God's word, it is appointed unto men once to die, then the judgment. We know that we will physically die, but he's not talking about physical death. He says we will all physically die. But if you have Jesus Christ, even though you die, you'll still live. Isn't that awesome? I mean, talk about hope that changes everything for everyone who will put their faith and trust in Jesus. So you're born with this inability and incapability to save yourself. And then Jesus says something so simple that a child can understand it. And he says, but if you believe, you will never die. And even if you die, you still live. I mean, it's a win-win, right? That's the foundation. And then he goes on to say in John chapter 10, verse 9, just a page or two back. He says, I am the gate. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will come in and out and find pasture. Well, he said, well, isn't that a little inclusive? Yes, it is. But yet it's inclusive to anybody who will put their faith and trust in Jesus. He says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the, the life. And I think he says it in probably one of the most well-known verses that any of us have ever known. John 3.16. It says, For God so what? Loved the world that He what? Gave His only begotten Son. That what? Whosoever would believe in Him would not perish, but have everlasting life. If you and I have put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, that changes everything. So now we begin to understand the value of what we have. We've been given something so incredible, how can we just hide it? So let me jump on this hobby horse just for a moment. Many of us are thankful. If I were to sit there and ask every one of you by, by uh, just a question, simple question, where you sit, are you thankful that for Jesus Christ and your salvation in Him? We would all say what? Oh, absolutely. It's wonderful. I mean, we could go on and we could kind of probe a little bit deeper and we say, boy, isn't it wonderful that now I get to spend eternity with the Lord in heaven forever. And we'd say, what? Wow, that's great. That's awesome. 
We would go a little bit further and say, man, it is only by the blood of Jesus Christ that he forgives us, like, forgive us of our sins and he gives us a clean foundation and we can start moving forward in him. And we're so thankful that he shed his blood for Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness or remission of sins. And we'd all say, wow, that's wonderful. We have something that is going to allow us to escape the judgment of hell and to spend eternity in heaven with the Lord. Isn't that awesome? Shouldn't we want that for everybody Think about this. Shouldn't we want that for others? I think we've dumbed down what salvation is all about. It's not just about saying a prayer. There are a lot of people who can say a prayer. But it's about a relationship with Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm pretty excited about my family. And because my family's here, I'm what? I'm telling you about them. They're here from Texas. They're here from Indiana. They're here from you know, Minnesota, and I'm really excited that they're here. I'm thankful for their impact on my life. They're my family. I have relationships with them. When I'm excited about something, what do we do? We tell others. And the question I have to always come back to is, has Jesus changed your life? If any man is in Christ, he's a new creation, but that's wonderful for me, but what about others around me? I asked this question last week. When's the last time, honestly, when's the last time that we took just a moment and shared something about Christ to somebody? Just something. When's the last time we said, God, give me boldness, give me courage, give me an opportunity so I can just say something about you? When's the last time we've done that? See, we've got the greatest gift known to mankind but if all we do is hide it in our heart and don't share it, are we doing what God has asked us to do with it? Oh man, it's getting quiet around here. But isn't that the truth? We have something so far greater than anything this world can offer. Let me just say for a moment too. Some of you may be sitting here this morning and say, well, I just don't get it. I don't see what all the hubbub is. I don't see what all the excitement is. I don't see why it's so incredible to you. It's incredible because I understand where I came from and where I would go apart from him. It's not just an escape hell card. It is a relationship. And the more closely we draw together in a relationship, the more I find my security, my assurance, my love, commitment for that person I'm in a relationship with. And there are things that separate. We've said for many years, the greatest factor in any relationship is what? Communication. Right? Husband, wife, employer, employee, siblings, whatever. The greatest component of any relationship is communication. We've often said this wife talking to man he walks away has communication taken place no because communication is two way both giving and receiving God gives to us we read it and then he speaks we speak back to him in prayer there's the two way communication and so here's the deal if I don't have good communication in my physical relationships how good is that relationship I mean, if one of, the, one of the other spouse is constantly talking, the other one just ignores and walks away, how good is that relationship? 
how well and maintained is that relationship going to be? Not very good. Even if you don't enjoy it at first, you need to work on it. Because that's the only way you grow. That's the only way you take care of circumstances and situations that are not healthy. But I know this. The longer I'm in a relationship with my wife, the greater my commitment, my greater, the greater my love for her is. And I'm thankful she does the same thing back, even though I don't deserve it sometimes. And guys, you're in the same boat, just by the way. The relationship gets stronger through the communication. So if I'm in a communication or in a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, he's communicating to me, I'm communicating to him, and we do this regularly, the relationship gets stronger. But here's what I find out. The stronger that relationship is, the more I love him and the old him, every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. The more I'm in a relationship with him, the more I want to tell others about him. Because he's changed our life. He's given up everything for us. What are we willing to give up for him? Romans 12, your reasonable worship is to give your life as a living sacrifice. He said, I'm not asking you to die for me. I'm asking you to live for me. Are you willing to, practically speaking, sacrifice what the things are, are important to you, the things that matter most to you, to do what God would have for you to do and to be? He says, that's your reasonable. That's the least that you can do because of what I've done for you. And what did he do? He gave everything. And when we start thinking about the idea of giving it away, what's the motivation? Again, think of what he's done for you. What will you do for him? Out of a heart of gratefulness, a heart of appreciation. In Romans chapter 5, verse 8, it says, God proved his love for us in this way. And that while we are yet sinners, Christ died for us. 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19, For you know that you were redeemed from your empty way of life, inherited from your fathers, not with perishable things like silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Jesus Christ, like that of an unblemished and spotless lamb. He shed his blood. Think about that. He gave everything. And then in Acts chapter 4, verse 12, there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to people by which we must be saved. He says it's only through the name of Jesus Christ. Think about that. One name under heaven given to men by which you can be saved. Once again, we kind of go to the idea that, man, a lot of people think, well, I'm a good person. I mean, if I can just, you know, maintain a life of helping others. You know, I'm going to get up, I'm going to go about my day, I'm going to kind of look for good deeds to do to encourage others, and that's all well and good. But it's not going to make you saved. It's not going to allow you, give you entrance into heaven. It's only through Jesus Christ. In fact, John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Think about this. Every week we get these pens. Let me go back to this illustration just for a moment. I mean, this was pretty cool. It's got a little stylus on it. 
It's kind of cool. If you're into styluses, Miss Gloria, you know, she's always got a stylus on her. They're cool pens. Click up and down. Yeah, they're, they're there. If you're into, like, cool lights, I remember seven years ago when I first got here, John Armstrong gave me a, was it the Steelers? Ugh. Yeah, I, I, yeah, Steelers pen. But it lit up something like this. I lost it. Conveniently. I, I, no, I'm just kidding. Just kidding, John. Lost it. I, I don't know where it is. I, I've, I've tried to find it a couple of times. I don't know where it went. But, I mean, how cool is that? I mean, Harvest Bible lit up. I mean, y'all want this? I only have one. Who wants it? Nobody wants it. Oh, okay, Ms. Gloria, you got it. Tours. There you go. But, you know, as cool as things are, we all have those things. They mean something to us. It's that keepsake that we got from our parents. It's that relationship that we have that is more important to us than anything with our grandchild. What is it for you that is almost more valuable than anything that this earth can offer? When something is valuable to us, and the word honor comes to mind because honor means to give value to when we honor something when we value something we don't just keep it to ourselves we have to tell people about it um we got the brag book now it's the brag phone right the grandkids used to be in a book that you carry in your purse yesteryear now we just have like four albums on our phones and we brag about the, the grandkids you know we all we all brag about something but consider this question. Do we brag about Jesus? When you consider where we would be apart from Christ. Folks, I've said it for years. I don't know how some people make it through life without Christ. I don't. Personally. Because I know what it's done for me. I know what it's done for me. Through disappointment. Through sickness. Through frustration. I always have to come back to the one thing that never changes for me. And the reason why it doesn't change is because I have a relationship. I use this illustration often with people in marital counseling. And if you're here this morning, you've been here with me in marital counseling. Let me just kind of share it with you. spell so this triangle y'all heard of a love triangle before this is probably not the love triangle you're thinking of but this is a love triangle at the top of the triangle is who God at the bottom of the base is me and my spouse or you and your employer or you and your kids or whoever but here's the deal what is all of our goal? What should be our goal? A relationship that is vertical with Jesus Christ. Right? Right? So our goal is to get closer to God. That's our goal. And your spouse or the other person in a relationship, their goal should be what? Getting closer to God. Right? Get that? So as I get closer to God... We start off with, you know, when you're not very close, there's some distance between you. 
just getting to know that person, starting to spend some time together. We're starting to move closer to each other, but we're not really tight yet. But what happens is when I get closer to God and the person I'm in a relationship with gets closer to God, what happens to the distance between us? What's that? Get smaller. See, when we get to the point in our walk with God that we are drawing closer to Him and the people around us are getting closer to Him, the relationship gets stronger. But if you're not willing to do that, even in relationships, what happens if one person is moving toward God but the other person isn't? Still imbalanced. There's still distance. If one person's up here and the other person's still down there, you still have distance. So I have people come to me, everyone's like, oh, we're struggling in our marriage. And I would begin to hear what so-and-so is doing in their marriage. And I oftentimes will say something like this. I understand they're not perfect. They're sinners. Trust me, I know. I, I'm one too, by the way. But they're, I, they're, they're terrible sinners, right? They're sinners. But what about you? How is your walk with God? Where are you at? Because I can't control what other people do, right? But I have to control what I do. And I know that's a big enough job. Nothing from the peanut gallery. I know me. But even my relationship with God, I have to be willing to sacrifice my own wants, my own desires, my fleshly wants. Say, God, what is it that you want? And when he has done that work in my life, and I know that he has, how can I hide that? How can I hide that? Just one illustration of a relationship, but in every relationship, it takes, as someone said the other day, it's 50-50. No, it's not. It's not 50-50. It's 100-100. Because if you only give 50%, shame on you. It's 100-100. But that's what it takes. And if we're only giving God 50%, why would I feel close? Why would I? You're not going to. And if you're not drawing closer to Him, and you're not in a relationship with Him that is healthy, why would I tell anyone else to be a part of that? We have to come to the realization that where we are apart from Christ is destined for hell for all eternity, separated from our God the Father. And when we realize what Jesus Christ has done for us, Psalm 40 says this, He brought us up out of a miry clay, set our feet upon a rock, and established our goings. Think about that. But He doesn't stop there. He has put a new song on our mouth, even praise unto our God, that many shall see it in fear and what? Trust in the Lord. If we are walking the walk that God has for us to walk, others are going to see it. And if we're not, others are going to see it. So does our walk match our talk? As, as much as things that they give away are free, are kind of neat sometimes, they're novelties, you know, light up. They give them away for one reason. In the end, they believe in their products. Can you imagine a, a Kirby salesman coming to your door and 
And the guy comes to the door and he's like, got a, got a salesman here. Or anybody around here had the cleaners? You know, they want to come in and clean your house, clean your floors, and yeah. Whatever the product. Guy knocks on the door. You open it and you're like, oh. And all of a sudden this guy just starts. I got I got this stuff here. It's you know it's probably not that good. And you probably don't want any, but you know, but guy, you know, you gonna buy it? No. You want to know that it works, and you want the salesman to know that hey, this is the best product that you've ever seen. It is gonna take. I'm telling you what, this will take every stain known to mankind off that floor, and it won't harm a thing. All right. Let's see it. I had a stain one time, didn't I? We had a stain. I said, if you can get that stain off, I said, I've tried 10 things on that thing. This guy goes, I can get it off. I'm like, no, you can't. You really can't. This is a new pal. Guy came up, squirted a couple things on there, started talking, letting it sit in there, you know, working his little magic, you know. He comes over and he starts doing it. And I'm thinking at first, it's not coming off. I'm like, yeah, I told you. He goes on a second time, does it again, and it came off. I'm like, oh, shoot. I tried like 10 things on that. But you know, he was confident in his product. Folks, when we are confident in our God, you'll want to share them. We need to give it away. Has he changed your life? Seriously, answer that in your mind. Has he changed your life? If he has, why would we not want it to affect other people's lives? And if you're not seeing it, I think the song The Greater Vision sang years ago is Who Moved? It's not God. God hasn't moved. God is still God. God is still on the throne. God is still where he's always been. And the question is, am I willing to draw closer to him and realize what he's done? And then as a result of that, want that for others and be willing to give it away. Why do we give it away? We love him because he first loved us. And he says, if you love me, keep my commandments. And what is this commandment? Go. Don't wait for him to come to you. Go. And as you are going, let Christ be our model. And we said last week, you're going to hear this ten times throughout this series. The easiest way to give away your faith is what? Simply telling others what Jesus has done for you. I've said for years... The woman at the well did not go to Jerusalem Baptist Bible College first and get trained. She went out and told others what happened. And God's word says, many believed as a result. Some will believe, some won't. The result is not up to me. God will take care of that. Mine is to be obedient. Right? I challenge you this week. To grab some of those little business cards for a week here or for the church, whatever, and pass them out. I got a few out this week. I got three or four out this week. But just take one of those little cards. Do you realize that we have a prayer line? Do you know that as you give this out to someone who's struggling, say, you know what, can we pray for you? Just call that number, hit number four, and they'll leave a prayer request. And guess what happens at that prayer request? I get an email and a voicemail. And on top of that, we have we care people who are sending them out for all of us to pray for. We have the answer, folks. We have the answer, don't we? Here's another question. Do you believe in prayer? 
We've seen it over the last few months, what God has done through prayer. The things that he is continuously doing. Because we actually are crazy enough to believe that he will. Let's take another step this week. So last week we started to lay a foundation. And we're going to continue building on that foundation. Last week we realized that we have a mandate. That we are to go and to spread the gospel. Our motive, a sincere heart. Because we understand that if they don't trust Christ, they may very well end in eternity in hell, separated from God forever. And our model, Jesus Christ. And as we build on that, if God has changed your heart and your life, if he's given you a new destiny, if he's given you a new hope and a new future, share that with others so that they too can rejoice in what God has done for them. Continue to build on that. We have the hope that the world needs. And it only comes through a relationship with Jesus Christ. Let's share that. So this week, I challenge you. Look for opportunities. Just look for opportunities. Pray for them. Ask God for them. Give them a card. Invite, a pray, invite an opportunity to pray with them. Last week I had the opportunity to pray with several folks. And you know what? It encouraged me, number one, that they asked me to pray. Because that tells me something. They believe that prayer is going to do something. If they didn't, they wouldn't do it. Let's take God at his word. Let's we'll take another step in obedience and see what God will do with it. Amen? Let's pray.